Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the November 17th edition of The Court Report on the Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. I am privileged to be coming to you live from the NSN Arena in the heart of Brooklyn. The Court Report, brought to you by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Siegel Network. Every week, we will take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League-related, including scores, standings, and interesting topics covering all your Yeshiva sports needs. If it interests you, it'll be here, because this show is all about you. Had a game this week? Let us know. Friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg, W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is YLS Wise Guy. That's Y L S W E I S G U Y. Or email me at Elliot at NahumSiegel.com. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. A big thank you once again to Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for sponsoring the show. Mike Feller and the gang are amazing people who have been supplying trophies to Yeshiva League champions for over 10 years now. Please contact Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for all of your trophy and plaque needs. We have an amazing lineup here today. Major, major news in the hockey world that affects not only the Varsity West, but also a discussion that we had last week on this very show. We'll also take a look at the Varsity and JV Hockey Power Rankings, which were released today. We'll then move over to the basketball court, where TABC broke open their new gym with a solid victory over DRS, and we'll catch you up to date on the latest Top 25 rankings and standings from around the leagues. So without further ado, let's span the city to bring you all things Yeshiva League. So call your family, call your friends, let them know we're on the air and ready to rock, so here we go. We move to center court for the puck drop on today's show with a major update that severely impacts the Varsity Hockey League's Western Conference. In a decision made just over 10 days ago, the league has determined that due to the fact that there are only 7 teams comprising the Varsity Western Conference, that only 5 teams and not 6 will make the playoffs this year. The initial format for the playoffs of both conferences was that the top 6 would make the postseason. Of those 6, the top 2 in each division would receive buys. The remaining 4 would square off as follows. The East number 3 seed would host the West number 6 seed. The East number 4 seed will host the East number 5 seed. And the West would do the same. After that opening round, four teams would remain from each conference. The four teams would then be reseeded one through four and cross over, so that the top seed in one division would face the lowest seeded team in the other division, and the second team would face the third seed in the other conference, etc., etc., etc. This is called a modified Olympic-style playoffs. Now, here's what's going to happen. The East will still follow this format. The East will still have the two buys and the four teams fighting it out in the opening round to make the crossover quarterfinal. However, the West will only have five teams, so how how does that work? The top three teams will get automatic buys to the second round, while the fourth and fifth seed in the West will battle to take the fourth spot in the quarterfinals and will automatically be slotted to face the East number one seed. Now, let's discuss the pros and cons of this decision. On the one hand, the West is now forced to stay competitive throughout um, for two main reasons. Number one, with one less playoff spot, two teams will be on the outside looking in, so there won't be any time to coast if you were the number four seed, and definitely if you are just hanging on to the number five seed. Number two, there is now an extra buy-up for grabs, making the difference between the three-seed and the four-seed immense. With no game against the six-seed this year, as there is no six-seed, the third-seed will earn a rest, while the fourth-seed will have to fight their way just to get into the rest of the playoffs, but will then have only earned an automatic date on the road against the best team in the East. So, chalk a plus-up for competition based on this decision. 
On the flip side, however, the West as a whole is seemingly being cut out for something that it can't control. If the decision was made to cut a team to encourage competition, we need to take a look at why. That stems from the fact that the West only has seven teams in it this season, as opposed to the East's nine. The problem here lies in the fact that geographically there isn't a layout that could even the divisions up, giving both fair opportunity to make the postseason. So, in effect, the bottom teams in the West are being told that they are losing out because of the way the leagues are set up, and that there will be one less playoff team in the West, in spite of the fact that the teams fighting in the lower half of the West would probably find themselves fighting for one of the middle seeds were they in the East. The counter to that, though, is that, number one, in the end, the opening round is a gift. When it gets down to it, the quarterfinals between the top eight teams comprised of the most deserving four in their division, and that's the way it is. If you want to get there, you need to compete and win your games, and looking for that last seed to skate by doesn't necessarily show that you are a worthy candidate to fight for a playoff spot. In the past, the sixth seed has not won a playoff game, although when the two divisions were combined way back when Solomon Schechter, as a 12 seed, did defeat a number 5 seed. That that was in 2005, I believe, a while ago, making the spot, the 6 seed spot, somewhat irrelevant anyways. The setup of the West just makes it a more convenient time to do away, uh, to do away with it, that 6 seed. But this also takes away the possibility of this happening this year in a division where it's a distinct possibility for it to actually occur. Not to place teams already, but take the standings as they are now as an example. JEC, SAR, and MTA are in the lower end. Ramaz, Frisch, TABC, and Kushner are in the higher end. Looking at the last two weeks, where MTA and Ramaz tied, and Kushner needed overtime to knock off JEC, SAR taking care of Rambam, and Kushner demolishing Flatbush, you are looking at the distinct possibility of a division where a sixth seed could very easily have knocked off a number three seed in the first round. Could it still happen in the East? Yeah, it's possible but the probability is not high. The West would have been the place this season to show that the six-team per division format would have worked. However, as we know, you cannot only plan for one year, and it seems that the league is trying to set itself up for the future, and you can't make a decision, like I said, based on one year's competition alone. Uh, also, another interesting note, uh, given how Westchester should have been or would have been in the league this year, it would have made things easier. Westchester could have been moved over to the Western Conference. Geographically, they're closer to SAR, so shoving them over would have given eight teams, and it'll be interesting to see if Westchester returns to the varsity division in a couple of years, as they are now hosting a JV team. So after all that, I'm going to put this to you as the hockey Facebook question of the week. I've laid out the arguments. Now you tell me which side you agree with. Is the impact from the decision going to be positive or not? This is a classic competitiveness versus inclusion debate, and I want to know where you all stand. So what does this do to our discussion from last week? Well, a lot of it still remains, but now we need to stress the importance of winning the games against the teams that are that you're in direct competition with. MTA, SAR, and JEC, the only one that's going to be guaranteed the upper hand is the one that comes out of the games that they play having the tiebreakers over the other. I, I know it sounds obvious, but it's just to stress that point. We went over the interconference schedule last week, and with SAR taking care of business this week in that department, the race gets even more interesting. So, while you're chewing on that, let's take a look at some of the great varsity action from over the week. Hafter began the week taking out North Shore 7-0. Senior Adam Schreiber recorded five points on the night, netting two goals and assisting on three others. Defenseman Jordan Gelman and Sammy Davidman each put in two to lead the Hawks. DRS dominated Mag and David 8-1. 
SAR, as I just mentioned, hosted Rambam on Tuesday night and walked away with a 5-1 victory. After a scoreless first period, the action came fast and furious in the early stages of the second. Only a few ticks into the period, Rambam went up 1-0 on a, uh, on, a, on a beautiful goal. And right off that faceoff following the goal, junior Sam Schwabe picked up the faceoff win and wristed it right into the Rambam net to tie the game. Shortly thereafter, junior Sefi Jonas gave the Sting the lead with a wrist shot from the corner. In the third, Sam Schwabe... Ashi Safdi and Jack Schwabe would each put a goal home to lift SAR to its second win of the season over a strong Rambam team. In another cross-conference matchup, the rematch of last year's semifinal took place in DRS on Wednesday, with the Wildcats getting a small measure of revenge over MTA for last year's semifinal shocker, defeating the Lions 2-1. Junior Edger Quint put the Lions up early on, but as it's been DRS's style for the early part of the season, so it seems, the Wildcats clawed back on a, on a goal by Ben Gelman to tie the game, and in the second period, Ethan Felder put home the eventual game winner to keep the Wildcats perfect at 6-0 on the season. Mag and David rebounded from their loss earlier to defeat YDE 4-1. Aaron Harari, who netted six last week against North Shore, scored two goals to pace the Warriors. Frisch upended Kushner 6-2. Odie Haramadi and Jason Levine each recorded two goals, while Rafi Sullivan and Max Rimberg also scored in the win. Effie Almond scored too late in the loss for the Cobras, meaning the Cougars were successful in shutting down Ellie Schwartz, who, as you've been hearing on the court report in recent weeks, has been tearing teams apart. Schwartz remains at 15 goals in five games, only three more than the aforementioned Harari, who now has 12 in the same number. And Ramaz capped off the week defeating JEC 6-2. So, to end the week, the standings board looks as follows. In the Varsity East, DRS is 6-0 with 12 points. Flatbush at 3-2 has 6 points. Rombaum 3-3 with 6 points. Hafter is 2-0 with 4 points. Mag and David's 2-3 with 4 points. North Shore's 1-5 with 2 points. And Solomon Schechter, YDE, and Hank are all looking for their first win. Out West, Ramaz is 4-1-1 with 9 points. Frisch is 4-0 with 8 points. Kushner at 3-2 with 6 points. TABC is 2-0 with 4 points. SAR is 2-3 with 4 points. MTA at 1-2-1 has 3 points. And JEC at 1-2-0-1 also has 3 points. Moving on to JV now, where two teams picked up their first wins on the season. On Wednesday night, MTA picked up win number one after defeating Hillel in the Heights 4-2. Zach Borgen scored a hat-trick in the victory. On Tuesday night, North Shore defeated Flatbush 4-2, one night after being blanked 4-0 by Hafter. Freshman Joseph Lindenblatt picked up the hat-trick for the Stars. Dustin Stern planted the other one. Joey Habert and Ralph Graham scored for Flatbush in the loss. So now, with Flatbush losing and North Shore entering itself into the ranks of the winning, let's revisit last week's Facebook question. I asked which of the teams listed would make the playoffs, and the results varied. Many of you believe that this is a spark that North Shore needs to get back in the race. Only time will tell. The real important games in the race will come over the next month, as on December 9th, Flatbush and Mag and David face off in the rematch of the game that went to overtime earlier this year. And on 12-18, December 18th, North Shore and Hank will face off, as well as the two Mag and David and Hank games that are being played in December. We should know by December 24th which team is most likely to take their place in the postseason. In other scores over the week, DRS blew out Mag and David 12-2, and Kushner remained a perfect 3-0, defeating Hillel 8-2, freshman Ellie Slonim with four on the night for the Cobras. All right, let's take a look at the updated JV standings board. Uh, in the East, Flatbush at 3-2-1 still leads with 7 points. 
Rambam is right behind them at 3-1 and one with 6 points. Also with 6 points, but undefeated, are Hafter and DRS at 3-0. and oh, So they're tied with Rambam in 2nd place. Mag and David is 1-1-0-1 oh, with 3 points. North Shore, with their first victory, is now 1-3 with 2 points. Hank at 0-3-1 oh, has 1 point, And Westchester at 0-3 oh, still looking for their first points. Out West, SAR 3-0 has 6 points. They're tied with Kushner, who also have 6 points and are also 3-0. Right behind them is TABC at 2-1 with 4 points. Behind them is Hillel at 1-3-1 with 3 points. Frisch, Ramaz, and MTA all have 1 win and have 2 points. Also with 2 points is JEC, who are 0-1-1-1. So this brings us to the first in-season rankings of the 2013-2014 season. Here is how the top 10 breaks down in varsity, starting from starting from the back end. At number 10 is Flatbush. Number 9 for this week is Rambam. Number 8, SAR. Number 7, MTA. 6 is Kushner. And the top 5 are Ramaz. TABC, DRS, Frisch, and Hafter. In JV, also at number 10, like their varsity counterparts, are Flatbush. Ahead of them are at number 9, Mag and David, after they went over North Shore last week. Number 8, Ramaz. Number 7, Kushner. Number 6, Frisch, who haven't played many games, but are, are expected to break back into the top 5 shortly. Rambam at 5. SAR at 4 after their win over TABC, DRS at 3, TABC at 2, and Hafter at 1. Now, you notice I said SAR uh, is at 4 and TABC is at 2, despite that despite that victory over TABC. I'm taking into account that SAR's victory was at home and TABC were missing three of their top players. So if SAR and TABC, when, T, when SAR and TABC get back together, that game uh, in TABC, if SAR can come out with that victory, will be much more significant to the rankings. Again, you're listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weisselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League sports. Now we move over to the hardwood to cover basketball. Tuesday was a big night for the Yeshiva Basketball League for a few reasons. First, there were four games on the docket, two of them quality playoff-worthy matchups. Well, we'll start off in Teaneck, where TABC celebrated the opening of their new basketball gym in grand style in front of an electric, standing-room-only crowd at the newly crowned Weather Center. The Storm and DRS Wildcats treated the raucous house to a rematch of last year's varsity semifinal. The Storm jumped out to an early lead that built to 10 in the waning minutes of the first half. Following an, uh, shall we say, extended timeout, DRS surged on a 12-2 run sparked by guard Yonatan Kirstein, who led the Wildcats with 13 points to not the game at 19 going into the half. Coming out of the half, the Storm took over. Big man Yeshua Zerman drained a long-range three to spark a 13-4 run. Dan Peleff added 11 of his game-high 19 down the stretch, equaling the total DRS would score in the t- entire second half alone. Zerman would be a major force in the paint, pulling down rebound after rebound, adding 8 points to a 48-30 Storm victory. DRS would bounce back from the loss with a win over Rambam last night, 59-47. Shimmy Savitsky led the scoring with 14 for the Wildcats. North Shore defeated Frisch 60-47. Frisch up 9 at the break, but the Stars battled back, outscoring the Cougars 41-19 in the second half to take the win. Avery Lubin led North Shore with 18. Justin Hode and Jacob Fuhrer dropped 13 for Frisch in the loss. SAR, fresh off of a two-week layoff after a six-point loss to Frisch, got back on track this week, taking two. One from JEC, 70-42, and the other from Kushner, 67-56. 
In the game against Kushner, SAR buzzed out of the gate early, taking a 29-20 lead at the half. The Cobras chipped away at the lead, cutting it to 43-42 to end the third on a buzzer beater by guard Daniel Gottlieb to end the third, and would then take the lead to open the fourth on a bucket by forward Jeremy Schechter. But the quarter in the game would belong to the sting Sam Hyman. Hyman caught fire, scoring 15 of a game-high 27 points, including a perfect 12-for-12 from the free-throw line on a night where all of SAR's squad would miss only one from the line to give the sting the, the victory. Zach Wahlberg added 13 for the Sting. Guards Mordechai Weiss and Matt Stadmauer paced the Cobras with 14 and 12 points respectively, while Schechter was beastly on the boards, pulling down 15 rebounds. Kushner's slide continued last night as they too fell in the weather center to the Storm, 51-45. Dan Palayoff netted 16 for the Storm. Zerman with another big night, dropping 14 points and pulling down 13 rebounds for the double-double. Solo Shulman contributed on both ends, totaling 6 points, 4 assists, and 5 steals. Mordechai Weiss, as we said before, had 18 points in the loss for the Cobras. Heschel and Flatbush squared off Thursday night in Brooklyn, and it was more of the same for the Heat. Kevin Gindy was at it again, recording a double-double with 14 points and 11 rebounds in a 60-50 victory for Heschel. Michael Haddad and Joey Dan kept the Falcons in the game, scoring a game-high 18 and 16 respectively, but would not come any closer than two as the game wound down, with the Heat outscoring the Falcons 25 to 17 in the final frame. Flatbush is now 1 and 1 on the season. Heschel improves their record to 3 and 1, good enough for a four-way tie atop the Western Conference. Since we're on the topic of Heschel, let's revisit last week's Facebook question. You were asked about Heschel after the preseason tournament championship, which included wins over Mag and David. SAR, and Ramaz, not TABC as I had mentioned, that was that was an error on my behalf, and an early season win over Frisch, and now Flatbush, are the Heschel Heat a team to consider come championship time? It seems as if the majority of you are still skeptical. I, I will both agree and disagree with the voters. I agree with the critics that point to the preseason tournament as being just that, a, a preseason tournament, and the loss to TABC as a sign that Heschel is not quite at the pinnacle just yet. However, I'm going to change the question a bit. The question wasn't, are they the favorite to win the championship? It, it merely was, are they someone that we can discuss as a possible candidate to be there come March? And I think that with the totality of their work, despite it being early and despite part of it being preseason points to them as making a run as we are closer to the big day at YU. Gindy has been consistent all season, and save for the TABC game, in which they were without Kenny Storch, the Heat have toppled quality competition. Storch's return from injury seems to have given this team an even bigger boost, giving Gindy scoring backup. So while we as a community are not ready to anoint them as a second coming of Kasman and Ellenberg, I think that there still needs to be credit given where it has been earned. They have shown that they can beat teams that we've considered contenders, so in my mind that makes them a dark horse contender as well. Welcome to the conversation, Heschel. Maybe a win over Ramaz next Tuesday will help everyone else come around. Back to the action. Last night, JEC trounced Hank. Mag and David turned back Rambam 66-38. Aaron Harari, yeah, the same Aaron Harari that we just mentioned a few minutes ago in the hockey segment, scored 10 points and grabbed 18 rebounds in the win. So what a week that uh, what a week Aaron Harari has had with the 6 goals last week, the 2 goals this week, and the 10 points and 18 rebounds. Uh, great week for a, for a very, very, very solid senior. Uh, and it wasn't a good week for other Brooklyn teams, as we see. Hafter defeated uh, Darche Erez, and Hillel topped Derek Hatora. 
All right, taking a look at the standings, not including today's Hillel at Ramaz contest, which I do not have a final for at this point. In the Eastern Conference, North Shore and Mag and David are tied at 3-0. Hafter is 2-1. DRS is 3-2. Darche Eris is 2-2. Flatbush is 1-1. Rambam and Hank are tied at 1-4. And Derek Torah round out the pack at 0-5. In the Western Conference, TABC leads with a perfect 4-0 record. Ramaz is 3-0, with Heschel right behind them at 3-1, along with SAR, who is also 3-1. Behind those two are Frisch at 3-2. Hillel, MTA, Kushner, and JEC all have one win. Hillel has two losses, MTA at three losses, and Kushner and JEC each at four. So taking a look at the newest Jewish Hoops America Top 25 poll, Eula of Los Angeles still leads the nation, taking all 10 first-place votes. Top Yeshiva League rank goes to Norshal, who remains at number two. Ramaz, TABC, and Heschel remain at 3, 5, and 6, while Hafter rounds out the top five in the Yeshiva League, falling back one spot to 10th in the nation. DRS, Frisch, Flatbush, and SAR are all on the outside looking in at 11, 12, 14, and 15, respectively. Time to head over to JV Basketball. SAR took on Ramaz Wednesday evening in Manhattan in an NYC division showdown. Ramaz kept it close through the first, with SAR taking a four-point lead into the second quarter. The Sting, however, exploded, dropping 18 points in the second, ballooning the lead to 10 at the half. Ramaz attempted to chip away at the lead, but would not get any closer than 8 before SAR ran away to a 49-32 victory. Ramaz's Sam Reich led the scoring on the night, dropping 20 of the Rams' 32 points in the loss. Rafi Kaberski paid the victorious Sting with 16, who were also aided by Simon Kaufman's 11, and Remy Newhouse's defensive efforts. SAR remains a perfect 3-0 heading into today's matchup with Hillel. Just like the varsity, Ramaz drops to 1-3 and takes on Heschel today at home. Heschel, who, like their varsity counterparts, are turning heads in the NYC division after taking care of MTA 67-52 to start the week. The Heat ruined the first game in the major celebration in TABC on Tuesday, downing the storm by double-digit figures. TABC would bounce back last night, however, trouncing Kushner at home for the first win, for their first win in the New Digs. As we said, the Varsity won their opening game against DRS, 54-27. A great all-around defensive effort by the Storm, tallying 20 steals on the night, leading to the dominating victory. And in a marathon match, Darche Eres outlasts Orha Torres 72-61 in double overtime. In today's action, SAR made it a week of 49s, toppling Hillel 49-30 to stay an undefeated 4-0. Over in the world of girls basketball, in girls A, Hillel downed Kushner 52-34, Frisch topped Maya Note 40-27, SAR topped Kushner 49-33, coming back from an early 11-0 Kushner run to take a 15-point lead into the half and the 16-point victory. SAR would make it 2-0 on the week, downing Hillel 43-31 in deal today. And Hafter defeated Flatbush 34-27 to remain undefeated in the Eastern Division. In girls' B action, SKA remained perfect, defeating Bruria 30-27. Bruria rebounded with a win over Shari Tora to even their record at 2-2. In girls' JV, SAR defeated Kushner 34-24 to remain perfect on the year, and Mayano took down Flappish 34-26, who also fell to half to 41-34. As we've done in recent weeks, tonight we are going to introduce you to another segment of the Yeshiva sports world. This time we're going to go to the younger kids and give them a chance to, uh, to gain their spotlight, this time the world of junior high hockey. 
The Junior High Hockey World is split into two leagues, the New York-based Metropolitan Junior High Hockey League, the MYJHHL, and the mostly New Jersey but also several New York City-based teams, Hamish League, run out of the new YMSSA, which we'll hopefully go into further detail on at some point over the next few weeks. The MYJHHL is comprised of two divisions of five teams each. In the East, defending champion Halb Lions, the Hafter Hawks, the Hank Cavs, the Westchester Day School Wild, and the North Shore Hebrew Academy Stars. Out West, defending division champion Hartora Hattricks, the Flatbush Falcons, the YCQ Wildcats, the Magan David Warriors, and first-year team the Barkai Yeshiva Blizzards. Scores from the first few weeks of play, Halb defeats North Shore 7-2, Magan David shuts out YCQ 6-0, Hank blitzed Hafter 7-3, Westchester outlasts Halb 4-3, Hafter and North Shore tie at 1, Hartora blanks Megan David 7-0, and YCQ trounces Barakai 7-1. Here are the initial rankings for the MYJHHL. First, Hartora is in the first slot. Two is Hank. Westchester comes in third after the win over Halb, who is in fourth. Flatbush, who has not played a game yet, is in fifth. Megan David, after their 1-1 one and, one and one go, is in sixth. Hafter, North Shore, YCQ, and Barkai round out the 10. Now onto the Hamish League, which is comprised of 11 teams in one mega division. Defending champion Mariah Mighty Ducks, SAR, Noam, Yeshiva of North Jersey, Yavne, JEC, Kushner, RPRY, Hillel, Ramaz, and former MYJHHL team Ashar. Here are the standings after the first few weeks of play. Mariah is in first at 4-1. and one. SAR and Kushner are tied for second with 2-0 records. Noam and YNJ are tied at 1-1. One one. Ashar, Yavne, and Ramaz follow at 1-2. JEC rounds out the one-win teams at 1-3, one picking up their first win over Ashar today. Hillel and RPRY are still looking for their first wins. Here's how the how the Hamish League shakes out in the standings, uh, starting from number 11, RPRY, 10, Hillel, 9, it's funny, 9 through 6 are actually very interesting because each of these four teams in, a, in succession have defeated a team that's defeated the other. I have JEC at 9 despite their win today, Ramaz at 8, Yavne at 7, and Ashar at 6. Now between that, Ashar has defeated Yavne, Yavne has defeated Ramaz, Ramaz has defeated JEC, and today JEC defeated Ashar. So it each of those teams could be in any of those four spots. Number five, I have YNJ, Kushner at four, Noam at three, Mariah at two, and SAR at one. As, as time winds down, let's finish up by, by running down the games to watch for the coming week. Next Sunday in JV Hockey, Ramam will get their chance at revenge in the return match in DRS. So here is the way it's going to shake out in the rest of the league for the week. This coming Monday, Westchester will face DRS, and Frisch will face JEC. On Tuesday, Ramaz will face DABC, and SAR will face Hillel. Wednesday, Mag and David will face Kushner, and Thursday, Ramaz will take on, uh, sorry, Wednesday, Mag and David will take on Hafter, Thursday, Ramaz will take Kushner, and Sunday, Ramaz will face DRS. Over in the varsity world, Flappers and Hafter do battle tomorrow night, YD and Mag and David do as well. On Tuesday, Solomon Schechter faces North Shore. Ramaz faces TABC, which is the game, uh, which is the game to watch this week. Both of them are fighting for the top seed in the varsity spot. Ramaz leading the league, leading the division, and TABC undefeated. This can set the stage for a very interesting backstretch of the league. 
given that we only have given that we have two months left until the end. But this could very much set the stage. On Wednesday, JEC at MTA, Mag and David at Hafter. Thursday, North Shore faces Flatbush, Frisch faces SAR, Hank faces YDE, and Ramaz faces Kushner. On Sunday, Rambam will take on DRS. Over in basketball for the week, JV, Hafter will face DRS on Tuesday, Frisch will take on Ramaz on Wednesday, Lave Bonham and YDE do battle on Wednesday, JEC and Hillel and Orhatora and Share Torah also will fight on Wednesday. On Thursday, DRS will take on North Shore. And on Saturday night, JEC will face Kushner and North Shore will face Hank in a doubleheader battle. For the Varsity League, Monday we'll have Mag and David and North Shore, MTA and TABC. Tuesday will be YDE and Hank and Hafter and DRS. Wednesday's big slate, Rambam at Derechatora, JEC at Hillel, Frisch at Ramaz. And Thursday, DRS at North Shore. And Saturday, TABC at Ramaz and JEC at Kushner with Hillel and SAR doing battle on Sunday. And just to get the ball rolling on this league, today Hank defeated Rambam 19 to nothing in flag football. Quarterback Ezra Kushner ran for two touchdowns and threw for one in the victory. Matthew Katz accounted for the lone receiving TD on the day. Senior Kevin Kahaney recorded two picks for the Cavs in the shutout defensive effort. Please send us your flag football scores, standings, and stats. If you missed any part of this episode, you can catch the Encore presentation this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. following The Book of Life by Charles Harari. Or you can find The Court Report on iTunes or the Nuckham Siegel Network app on iPod. Tomorrow morning, jam in the AM with Nuckham Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NuckhamSiegel.com, jaminthem.org, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Before I leave you tonight, I want to thank you for joining me. My thanks again to Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for their support. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM Sports Report. And remember these words from the wise, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice your gift. Good night, everybody. Drive home safe.